First, what I'm going to do is to talk about the coronation. I'm going to explain what a symbol is, what, what its function is. And then also, I'm going to go through the procedure of the coronation and unpack and explain all the different sacred symbols and what they do. They don't represent stuff. It maps a concept more efficiently than any explicated language does. A symbol mediates the, the form of the concept to you far better than anything else can. That's a real working symbol. So you might want to think about justice, right? Justice is a concept. It's a massive concept, isn't it? It goes across all domains of life. How do we understand it? By explicating it all in language in every constitutional paper? No. A scale. Oh, a scale, justice, okay. No, don't think about it like a representation, though. You think, okay, what's justice? What do you do with a scale? That's how you understand it. It's balancing something, isn't it? And that can be applied all up and down the abstraction of justice. It's the balance of what is right and fair and wrong and fair. But it's in the act of thinking about what the thing does that that's the symbol. Another symbol that you might want to understand how it works is, right, let's talk about a Christian one. The church is the body of Christ. And you say, body of Christ, what does that mean, right? The body of, in the microcosm of the individual, which you might call Adam, the body houses the mind, which is heaven, right? It's the spirit. The church itself as a bigger thing out into the macrocosm. It is literally the body of Christ. It's the physical thing in the material world that supports the form of, the form of Christ in heaven, in the spirit realm, right? In the minds of all the people, the church expresses it. The things at the bottom express the form of Christ, of, of the mean complex. Just bear with me on this and say that the spirit is the next level up from biology, let's see, right? That's where the meme world is, the linguistic hyperspace is, is a type of another, let's call it heaven for a second. The body, the material of the church is the body of Christ, which exists in heaven, in the spirit. All this needs to be framed in medieval cosmology, which this, stu this stuff emerges from. We need to put our scientific minds to the side for a second, because we're not widget the world watcher anyway. But when we do that, also, if you have this thing, say you watch the coronation, you go, oh, it's just a bunch of monkeys with their ceremonies. Wrong. No, it's not. If you want to have your unconscious respond to it and... Those responses are detected in your emotion. Put that skeptic, uh, uh, the propositional mind to the side and the symbolic underpinnings in your unconscious will see this stuff, right? Because you have these value patterns in you. Regalia are sim sacred symbols that direct the monarch what to do and tell us what they are to do. Some of them are constraining. Well, they really all are constraining because they're about duties. And they tell us across the multiple levels of abstraction. Think about microcosms, individual, family, community, shire. Those are different levels of complication. You need a symbol that maps all of those things. We should also look at the etymology of these different words at the same time. So regalia, regular, think regular, straight, order, square. Regalia is the royal, top of the value hierarchy, but the decider of order, the orderer right, of the straight, the decider of the normative, the decider of the moral order, what's moral, what's not. When you watch this ceremony, when it's investing, when it's anointing, when it's making holy, that's actually happening in the sense that in your unconscious, it's imbuing them with value from above. Authority comes from above the top of the hierarchy. Authority is author, author, the author, the father, 
of cr the creative. So when someone's dressed in these things, these symbols, the vestments, that actually affects our spirit, where the patterns of value are nested. Think about it. Say the monarch back in the old days takes over from the other king and he walks out in his tracksuit and says, okay, we're taking over the whole country. We're going to go kill France. You need the people to, to say yes. Coronation's real in the sense that invested with value. They're made holy by the ceremony, quite literally. That they are turned into meta and our valuation of the mortal changes because it was the prince. But without that, if they just turned up in their tracksuit, the military is less likely to obey them, aren't they? And don't think that's trivial because that's everything. That is the spirit. And these symbols are real patterns of reality. And gold, there's a hierarchy. It's gold is fire. It's from the sun. It's, it's affects our unconscious. And when people are in gold, it's not just because it's expensive with capital. Get that scientism out of your head for a second. Gold is valuable because of what it symbolizes in terms of how it affects us in the linguistic hyperspace when we see it in our unconscious. Because it's interacting with things down there that you don't understand because your imminence, your conscious brain, which is the propositional guy, thinks it knows everything, doesn't see that territory. But it's right now. It's seeing me right now. It's being affected by what I'm saying right now beyond what you understand you're imminent and it makes you emotional whatever different times but also in the poetry that i read that's all there it's just under there what jung said is we're always dreaming just under there you just can't see it <laughs> the tracksuit king has no authority hasn't been made holy so no one listens to him when he says we're going to war with france in the unconscious of everyone in the spirit of everyone the patterns are recognized implicitly you don't notice it in your imminence and then you listen to them because they're lifted up too holy by the ritual, quite literally, though, values exist before we came to them. And these ceremonies, cling, they link together when you see it. And its value of the individual rises to it affects your emotions. You're loyal to it after the ceremony. As long as the mind, the truth the, of the person wearing it aligns with the directive of the symbol. <laughs> you might remember as a child watching Freddy Krueger. You hide behind the couch saying, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. But you can't stop yourself being afraid of it, can you? It's mystery. So these things are the same. But you can put stuff in the way. And this whole procedure goes back a long way. There's a book of procedure back to, I think, Harold or... I can't remember exactly who it is, but it's a very it's an Anglo-Saxon king that this procedure comes from. The Latin uh, procedures. All the lords and ladies are there. The monarch's there. She's dressed in crimson robes. And in this ceremony, they... They hold a communion, and the, of course the Christian communion is the priest is giving you the body of Christ, or bread. And bread is made from sort of ground down to powder into something. It's informed by manna, essentially. So it's manna, it comes from heaven, like whereas animal, animal comes from below and you cleanse it, like what you have to cleanse us. Priest is, is informing, bringing it from above into you, bringing it down with feeding of the bread and the wine. And so they interrupt that ceremony. So this whole procession is a communion, right? So you can tell from that that we're bringing, actually bringing the spirit into uh, the monarch itself, but also to make the monarch into meta. Let's just talk about the main figures. Dean of Westminster and the Archbishop, they are under the hierarchy and the last king is already dead now, right? So they represent the king's spirit. Now the mortal needs to be cleaned, but she wears like a, sh uh, a tunic which is white, 
So again, you can see, it's like, okay, it's over her clothes, the crimson clothes, right? White, cleansing. It's removing the body, the animal. It's removing the animal in the anointing stage. The anointing, and anointing is to make holy. What that really comes down to is to bring into holiness, to bring together, bringing the mortal into the light. And think about light is the top of heaven, then air, then earth, and then water. Chaos, the chaotic, you can't stand on waves. That's why it's the symbol of that. Chaos is the bottom. Top is imprene, heaven, fire, air, still heaven, <clears throat> earth, now we're on earth, temporal. She starts off in the, st the, the chair of state. Now she sits in, in the history, in St. Edward's chair, which is sort of, okay, I'm sitting on the mortal spirit here. I'm sitting in the narrative order of England. It's, uh, it's still a piece of bark. It's still part of the temporal universe. Sits in that chair. That has the Stone of Scone, which is Scottish as well, but quite significant. In medieval cosmology, a cut stone is the marking place of the center of the universe of order, is the center of space. The square, right, squares represent order. The center of the temporal universe of order is where the king sits on top of four knights of the order of the garter, are holding poles. In medieval cosmology, the pillar of earth, the meta gives form and the pillar holds up. That's the earth, that's the temporal, that's the everything. We are the material. They're holding up a golden roof, a canopy, being held up. But think about it, they're Order of the Garter, right? The Order of the Garter, are St. Ge that's St. George's Order. That's English virtue, holding up the pillars, holding up the spirit, because it's gold, the canopy is gold, right? They're holding back the material while... She's purified by the Westminster anointed first. They're there because they are virtuous. That's how they got into the order of the garter. So they're mortals that are also kind of like, not saints, but they are, they are, have a part of the matter about them. Our English virtue and our English chivalric virtue is going to hold back time while the heaven can be invested. Hold it back while we can make this person a demigod. Our power, we're going to use our mortal power to hold back time and our energy, mortal energy, to hold these pillars, which are an important symbol too. The staff is a pillar, the cross is a pillar. It's the tree, it comes from the tree of life, it comes from the Yggdrasil, right? Which mediates between heaven and earth. It mediates between order and chaos. They get the ampulla, which is a, a eagle, which has the holy oil in it. The bird represents air, which is heaven, right? It comes from God, from heaven. It's got the oil in it. They pour that into the anointing spoon. But the understanding medieval cosmology, oil is golden. When you put it on someone, it makes them, it cleans them. It makes them into meta because it's golden, fire, and you're sort of see-through, shiny. So you put that on a human, you're moving away the flesh, which is the natural. You bring them into the light. He anoints the head, the heart, and the arm. They say a prayer, which is for the Holy Ghost at that point of it. Come Holy Ghost, they're singing the prayer as the oil's being anointed because they're turning her into holiness, to into matter. The symbol maps it much better than, look how long I have to explain it. If once you get into the symbolic ontology, you can just see exactly what's going on rather than having to explicate it into scientific language or whatnot. And so, of course, this is supposed to be hidden from the public. If people say, oh, but I'm the public, how come we can't look at it? Well, no, you can actually look at it, right? You just need to turn yourself into a bit of meta. You need to earn it by, I don't know, getting, the, getting knighted, achieving something to be invited to the thing and do your service to the nation. You have to invest yourself with value yourself, with English virtue. You're sanctified when you've earned it. Then you can see it once you've been sanctified. That's why the priest can see it. 
all of the gospel should be about virtue, but of course it's given, it's corrupt. But you see what I mean? Right. So it's not hiding it from you as a citizen, it's hiding it from time, it's hiding it from mortality. The flesh has been cleansed, then they put the supertanaka on, which is a robe that is like basically a golden robe. Okay, now we're getting somewhere, it's making into matter. Encased in the mantle, and also the shawl, because that's a vestment. She's also a priest, the meta-priest, the pope. It's not just a king, but wearing the, the vestment here, and the really important symbols on this at the bottom, that represents what was connected to Christ's hands. So it's telling the monarch what they're supposed to be bound by. It's a constraint and a directive. The bottom of it, it's England's flag, the nation, the king's spirit bound by the nation, then the Scot Scottish flag's there, then there's a, a sort of purple eagle, which is sort of the rest of the empire, that's in case. That's the mortal bit. That's in case. Then the next bit, we can see it's the crown and the eagle. She's a spiritual monarch. It's a meta-meta. I'm bound to be, I'm the mediator to between the mortal. That's why it's, it closes and then opens. A mediator between these two things. But also, I'm meta, the chief priest. And so we're going up now. And now we're in the heaven, in the sense of the meta, in the on the microcosm in the mind, on the macrocosm in the cosmos, in medieval cosmo cosmology, it's heaven, right? And heaven has its layers as well. So we're going up now. It's, it's got the different levels. There's an angel, I think, near the top of it. There's, there's a, at the different layers of, he of heaven, these things could be bad or good, right? That is the value hierarchy, essentially. You give too much to the bottom one, which is, I can't remember what it is. It's like a dove or an eagle. You give too much to that meta spirit, that can turn on you as well. But you can see at the top of the neck of the shawl is, uh, uh, you know, that's God. That's the top of the hierarchy, Christ or whatnot. And there's an angel right at the, the next bit of it. It's too much to one particular angel, not Christ or God, then that'll be not good for your life either, you see. This Pope is the mediator between all these levels of heaven and the world, which is at the bottom of the vestment. Also has on it the key, which you see in the papal symbol. It's a key and a rope. I lock and unlock. In the spirit, I, I decide what is to be released and what is to be tightened, like what is to be ordered. Because in medieval ontology, the knots represent order, like a, the knots in fabric. Because you've got to remember, these are the first things we ever used, which are fabrics, right? Which covered our bodies, which uh, allowed us to bring order to our monster, to our uncle, like we went to sexual desires to be able to enact our logos easier. We, wearing clothes is important because we're stopping the monster from rising. Then she's given the spurs of St. George. Okay, what the spurs of St. George? What do they symbolize? Remember, the symbol is what it does. What's it for? Now, in medieval cosmology, the mount is the body. The mount is like our body in our mind. It's the meta-body. The rider is us. Microcosm is the individual, mind and body. Next level up, the mount and the human. The force that you direct that upholds your will. St. George, the spurs move the mount of the entire armed forces, the state's power, the horse, right, the body. But, right, because it's St. George's spurs, it's saying, monarch, use the spurs, the virtues, St. George's virtues, the order of the garter, which is St. George's order, use the virtues that make a knight to direct and move the mount of the armed forces. So it's not 
a representation or sign that says, oh, she controls the armed forces. No, it's telling her how to use and use St. George's virtue, the virtue practices, the procedural knowledge of St. George in the story, the narrative order, in the order of the gods, the chivalric, see how complicated it is? The chivalric virtue practices that make up they give you virtue that are St. George's virtue, the nested procedural knowledge in the narrative of St. George, use that to direct the military. Use the spurs of St. George to slay dragons by moving the horse around, the horse of the armed forces. Go slay that dragon, go slay that dragon. So that's what that, that, that does, right? <laughs> but you see, it's telling her what to do. It's the king spirit. But when you give it all to her, that is encasing the mortal in the king spirit, you're directed what bloody virtues to have. You're, it's not even the individual. It's like, hey, human, here's all your procedures right here. Charles, put aside your ego when you do this. You're directed exactly what to do. You just need to understand the symbols. That should be your work. You're not an individual anymore. They give her the orb. It's a golden orb that has a cross that encompasses it. It's Christian dominion, but temporal. It's earth. It's a round orb. It's earth. It's not heaven. I'm holding this bit of Christian dominion. So every monarch had one of these. I control this area of this part of Christian earth. Then she's given the first scepter. The first scepter is, what do you do with a shepherd, like a shepherd's staff? Remember, you lean on a staff, don't you? That symbolizes the upholding of, and it's got another orb at the top of it. I'll uphold and bring order to my area of Christian dominion. The body is a staff too. The lean, leans, this is the expression of your meta, of your logos. And I'll uphold the physical earth and bring order to it. Then she's given this staff no one else has. That's really important. No other monarch has that. This is the staff that has a dove at the top of it. A pillar, then it's the earth dominion with the orb. Then on top of that is the dove, which is the spirit, the Holy Ghost. I'll uphold the Holy Ghost. I'm also a pope, remember? So it's saying use the physical world and uphold the spirit. This stage of it is the investment. When you invest money, think about it. You're investing power into it. But asking the Holy Spirit to come down, the ceremony isn't literally investing spirit and power into the, the, the monarch. All these symbols do that in the unconscious. We are literally investing with it. The symbol of the crown is a corona. Levels of heaven. Think levels of heaven. Now I'm going to give you a head in the meta as well. So you've got a body in the meta. And, and the meta is like the body of the king is all over England, isn't it? It's in all of us. Now you've got the body of the king spirit. I'm going to give you the head of the king spirit, which is the crown. Like a saint, right? That's a corona. The, the, the saints have a corona. That's what this crown is. Before you're given the mind of the monarch, of the king spirit, you're given your duties. And that's the thing, too, because it makes the mind. So also the ring is really important. The, a ring constrains a man and a woman to each other. It's telling the monarch, it's telling us, they are constrained to, it's got the symbol of England and also Scotland on the ring. And it's got around the outside, the jewels represent virtues. The ring of England and Scotland and English virtues constrain me. Of course, think about it. A virtue practice is a constraint, an enabling constraint. So you, you're the constraint of the virtue and England enables you to do certain things. So Charles, it's not about your behavior. You're constrained to the king spirit's English virtues. That's what the ring you're going to wear in the coronation is telling you. Figure out what those virtues are from the narrative order. That's what you're constrained to do. Christian, though, not some other religion. Christian in the sense of the value hierarchy, the English, but also Christian, Western, not Islam. You're not the head of their whatever. 
Then the, they have these bracelets, amulets. They are circles. I'm constrained by wisdom and sincerity. Wisdom, okay, wisdom, constraint. Wisdom comes before you because you don't have experience yet. It's from the narrative order. Be sincere means true to the wisdom which is, comes before you from our greatest heroes, King Arthur, Christ, or my meta hands, like how I move the state or whatever, need to align according to the higher order truth of English values. It matters which hand it goes on. I would say that it's uh, the right hand is order. It's one you you, uh, you can control best. It's the one you can make. It's the one you hold your sword with. It's the one you, it's the sharp one. It's the angled one, right? It creates order because square, the points and squares are order in, in medieval cosmology. The left hand is more like the grace, the dancing sort of music chaos hand. That would have wisdom on it. It's constraining this chaos hand with wisdom. Though. So you need to understand the narrative order to use that hand properly. You're armored, mantled by all these different things that are directing you what to do. You are the king spirit now. And think about it, it's like the ring I've explained, all the things I've explained, all the different responsibilities. You're not an individual anymore. It's England that determines what you are supposed to be. That's why you've got the cuffs, that's why you've got the ring. It's constraining you and telling you what to do, how to use it. And you just make your decisions according to your understanding of the king spirit. Really, it's quite be quite simple if you no one understands how these what these sacred symbols mean anymore, though, right? Once you have all those bits and pieces, you've got the enabling constraints that turn you into Super Saiyan. Then you're crowned by the people that are actually under you in the hierarchy. That's so significant because this is the only place this happens. Archer, the Church of England, crowns you. Not an external force, not a pope, but Anglo-Catholic still, because this is a bloody communion. It ain't bloody protestant the dean were appointed by someone before so they are the king spirit it's coming from below though this is like the spirit of england itself the people that comes from the people that comes from the church ministers the, the mortal dies the spirit there must always be a king in england right and there is it's not the mortal though and it's true because this force really exists the king spirit's real it's from the narrative order it's in all of us it's invested in this person now it's the king and then they say god save the king god save the king and then everyone else puts their coronets on right that's like in king arthur when in tennyson's poem the uh, momentary likeness of the king flashes in all of them right that's all them all have the king spirit as well now the king spirit's back we can all put our crowns on we're coroned by it we've channeled it in to this person we all wear it i'll tell you this little story about how is king arthur brought as a king right uther was the king before he's dying he's got no heir merlin priest like the canterbury priest he's not from the papacy goes down to the po postern gate and this great uh, sea force emerges and this dragon ship and suddenly the big flash of fire and the baby is there this blonde-haired baby and he's given this this uh, vision and it's like this is arthur this is the heir to uther he takes the baby away and only later on when the king has been in chaos and merlin decides it's time does he bring arthur back and say this is your king merlin has raised him this priest has raised him that's like the archbishop in this ceremony he's like bringing the king's spirit back and then putting it on the king comes from god the king's because it's not related to uther right this baby arrived at the bottom comes from the narrative order Merlin takes the baby who was spirited there like they are inspiriting the monarch in the ceremony. Arthur is like a savior that comes from God, which again, fire. Fire is the God spirit. It's from the sun, right? It's the holiness. And Merlin, who is English, not from somewhere else, receives it from God, not the papacy receive it. And so he crowns 
the king. The archbishop does, just like Merlin crowns Arthur when he brings back, brings him back, the return of the king. It's Merlin through his craft, and while the people clamoured for a king, had Arthur crowned. For I was near him when the savage yells of Uther's peerage died. This is in the coronation. And Arthur sat, crowned on the dais, and his warriors cried, Be thou the king, and we will work thy will, who would love thee. Then the king, in deep low tones and simple words of great authority, bound them by so straight vows to his own self, that when they rose, knighted from kneeling, some were pale as if the passing of a ghost, some flushed and others dazed, as one who wakes half blinded at the coming of a light. That's what's happening in the ceremony, the same thing. Simple words of great authority. Author, king, holy words, when they're swearing the oath to the archbishop, same thing, because we're giving our power to them. We're giving the king spirit out of us into them. But when he spake and cheered his table round with large, divine and comfortable words, divine words, oath words of the highest good, I beheld from eye to eye, through all their order flash, a momentary likeness of the king, king spirit. This is the crowning, though, in Arthur. And ere it left their faces, through the cross and those around it, and the crucified down from the casement over Arthur, anoint and crown a king, you hold the casement. That's the casement that's above them that the Order of the Garter are holding in the ceremony. Down from the casement over Arthur smote, flame colour, vert and azure, and three rays. That's the three rays from God, one falling on each of three fair queens. Grace. Graceful. Women, right? The grace will help you. When you have grace, you are you know how to mediate between order and disorder. That's the middle ground. That is grace. It's kind of like the golden mean. But grace comes from God. It inspirits you correctly, so you're drawn towards the right thing, which is energy. So it's also energy, grace. You're given grace by God, but at the right thing. And that gives you grace in life. You know how to, on the Sabbath, right? That the Sabbath is enough disorder but not too much order to work on every day because you work yourself to death. God gives you grace, the right impulsion towards the right balance to what to value. And near him stood the Lady of the Lake, who knows a subtler magic than his own. Subtler, like baser, divination, clothed in white samite, mystic, wonderful. She gave the king his huge cross-hilted sword, whereby to drive the heathen out, to cut the spiritual sword of justice in the meta, but also in the temporal realm. And also similar, Excalibur, take me, turn the blade and you shall see, it written on the back, it says, cast me away. Cast me away, that essentially is the sword of mercy, the broken sword. How do you represent that as a symbol? Not in the narrative, a broken sword. Because you, you use a sword, don't you? So the tyrant sword is broken, it's saying, ah, get consent, consent, don't tyrannize, anointed and crowned. Then the monarch gets up out of that chair and sits now I'm at the top of the meta hierarchy. I've got my head, I've got my body, I am the king, I am the demigod, I've got my behaviors, which are the constraints of the ring and everything. I am the king spirit. I will channel it and do its bidding. I am like this armor. It's like the, if you ever played World of Warcraft, it's like the frozen throne, right? The Lich King. When you wear the armor of the Lich King, you are the Lich King. This is real, like this is our real sim symbolism. The real spirit. I have its power. Everyone's seen me have its power. They, if, if we all understood the symbols, this is what it would be. As long as I do everything it directs, everything this, these symbols are directing me to do, I am the God King. I am the demigod under Christ. Because Christ is part of the constraints of what he's supposed to do. So then they go back and finish the communion and they eat the body and blood of Christ. 
and all this time the temporal spiritual swords are held as well it takes off all the mantle back into mortal form goes into st edward's chapel and the swords are led in front of them so that's that's the ceremony let's talk about the swords for a second the temporal sword of justice the spiritual sword of justice what does a sword do this is how you understand it the sword cuts in medieval ontology the pointy thing is the prime tool to create order the point or the square the hard edges represent order it's the curves that represent um chaos or time a sword kills and defends cutting away what is disordered, what is not the divine order. And this is unique to the monarch of Great Britain, to have a spiritual sword, because that would be the papists, the papacy that would have that. It's telling the monarch, cut away what is wrong and cut away what is right. To judge and cut, defender of the faith, defender of the meme complex of the king spirit, let's say. That's what she's supposed to do, to cut away what's wrong in the meta realm. A spiritual sword of justice's point is oblique. An oblique means that in the material realm, you see where it is, that's the person that's doing it, kill that, judge that thing. In the spiritual realm, things are, are more uh, in flux. But oblique also means going up, going up, right? It's a curve going up. It's also got a woof on it because the woof is a symbol for chaos. It's the wild thing that takes away our babies. It's the thing if we don't plan for, comes in and kills us. It's the monster. It's what you're supposed to do with it. So the monarch is supposed to kill the woof, the wild things that are not ordered but also understanding that this realm is oblique. You've got to be careful, don't you? So that's what that sword does. The temporal sword, I think, speaks for itself. Judging in the temporal, cuts away the laws. So rule of law is wrong. People talk about rule of law. It's rule to the spiritual first. That's what informs the law. So to be constrained completely by the law, the law is not God. The law is a proposition. That's the very reason why parliamentary supremacy exists as well. So a law can't constrain it they're supposed to be informed by the moral law you then you change the proposition and you cut with it it's an active thing you cut away the things that don't work what does that say about what the monarch should do to cut away the things that aren't of the spiritual hierarchy so no you can't be a king of other religions that's our values sorry prince charles when you get the sword you need to cut properly about who you're letting in the order of the garter whatever that is it's a christian sword it's a spiritual sword of justice your justice is determined by not your stupid personal beliefs and which as we'll get to with the other constraints that's why he needs to throw away how he governs it's not about you as an individual the sacred symbol should be in the monarch's mind the human which is where heaven is it's where a microcosm of heaven and earth in medieval cosmology so now i've been made into matter i've been told what to do i've got it in me now it's a symbolic knowledge of what they are to do and what we are to also pressure them to do. And when they don't align with that, when their sincerity doesn't align with the wisdom, we then pressure them so they know what they're supposed to effing do. That's what the sacred symbols are for. That's about everything I have time for today, but you can see how it comes out of the narrative order. If you know the symbolism, it's the most efficient means to map what's going on. The actual symbol tells them much better than anything else could, because you get a million different situations Dare greatly to believe in the reawakening of these sacred symbols and understanding them, this medieval cosmology, because there's deep symbolic knowledge that will make us more powerful. It's complexity thinkers that are going to be most valued because the bulk people that can do math like a machine, those people are like, computers are going to be able to do more and more of that. But the people that can make cognitive leaps, those people are going to be in the intellectual elite. Understanding how symbols work is going to be really important as things come up because they represent higher order patterns. Please do support the project financially. It's the only way I can keep going and doing this. 
who knows how long patriotic material is going to be allowed on YouTube for. You know, as the world keeps getting worse, you want to be able to have a sustainable thing on a platform that's secure, which locals I'm using for the moment, but it's going to be my own website eventually when that's complete. Dare greatly to believe. God bless you and God save the king. I tell you right now, my friends, <laughs> I tell you right now, my friends, my wife has never aroused me so much as seeing a ship of the line barrage the Chinese coast. My wife has never turned me on as much as the expanding British Empire, I tell you now. <laughs> my wife has never aroused me quite as much as a ship of the line unloading it.